0: You're now listening to episode 109 from The Shed End. I hope you're all doing well on this Tuesday afternoon or still Tuesday morning for the next eight minutes or so. Um, Theo, how are you doing?
1: Yeah, not bad. Not bad at all. I'm approaching the last kind of stages of a cold, um, which I've been battling with for the last few days. So just that kind of sniffy feeling up in the nose. But other than that, my body feels fine. So going to make it to the footy tonight, despite this wet and cold miserable miserable day in London. Um, So looking forward to that. Um and other than that, also looking forward to the Christmas break. Um, much needed after kind of a busy busy November and December at work. So much needed. Um, how are you doing?
0: Mm. Yeah, I'm good. I'm good. As as I said before, we started recording. It's like that such a busy time when it shouldn't actually be busy. This should be the quietest period of the year for everyone. Anyone who likes to do work at this period of the year is a bar humbug and has never really had Bailey's in their coffee, if I'm being honest. But apart from that i'm all good i'm all good um funny story i mean i can tell it now because the the young girl that was there is, is fine but um i went to a school nativity for my kids yesterday one of my kids and uh, obviously mary and joseph was the the play unfortunately mary it got a bit too much it was a hot room and she ended up collapsing passing out halfway through so <laughs> i can laugh about it now she's fine the school have confirmed she's okay um, but it just left joseph so sort he's of, just so credit to the kids you know they they sort of carried on with the play afterwards but you know it just left joseph sort of hand with the baby on his own it was such a, a funny moment it sort of cheered me up a little bit but let's move from Nativities. let's get into football before we do that make sure we get into um, the link tree link in the description if you click on there that will take you to all our social accounts all our podcast episodes as well and don't forget to subscribe and like this video as well but I'm going to keep it short for this one, this episode. Um, let's start with some transfer news, some transfer activity that hasn't really surprised me, if I'm honest. I, I did think this was going to come about because of the way that the the, the board, the owners are clearly manoeuvring within the club at the moment. But there's been talk of Conor Gallagher being sold. Uh, he's been touted, been put in the shop window, if you want to call it that. But what, what's your thoughts on that? What do you feel? Because I know... We both have said at times Conor Gallagher isn't probably the standard of the level that Chelsea need, but he has arguably been one of our best players this season and that's hands down, we can say that in our midfield that he's been one of the best and obviously now, you know, almost the captain of, of Chelsea. So what's your thoughts on us potentially letting Conor Gallagher go maybe to improve, improve another club in the Premier
1: League? I'm still, I still think this is a bit, a bit of a strange decision. Like you just mentioned, he's the captain of our club, our third, our third captain after Rhys James and um and Ben Chilwell, who spend more time in the treatment room at the moment than on the pitch. So it would seem like uh, Gallagher is going to remain our captain for the rest of the season. And like you also said, I think maybe bar Cole Palmer, he's been our standout performer, probably our player of the season so far. If the season were to end tomorrow, I think he would be um, alongside Cole Palmer as the two uh, player of the seasons. Um, there's links of him. I think he, in the summer, he was linked to, um, to Everton and Newcastle. And now there's talks of tottenham potentially being interested and there's nothing worse in my opinion than strengthening a team like tottenham so i wouldn't be um in favor of that at all um and there's also i still think he's a good midfielder one thing that i still find a bit frustrating he's not a midfielder that can add goals to his game um he doesn't really contribute with many Mm. goals um he's more of kind of a box-to-box kind of workhorse style player probably the closest thing we've had to Engalo kante who will just um sprint down the pitch regain the ball regain possession And to be fair, I just saw actually right before we started recording this, um, Squawker, people who aren't familiar with Squawker, they do all the kind of Twitter statistics and kind of throwbacks of what's kind of happened in the league. And they've kind of done a rating system of the best center midfielders in the Premier League right now based on a Squawker score. I'm not exactly sure what a Squawker score is, Um, but Rodri ranks top at 78%. Gallagher is second at 71%. And then on 69%, you've got Declan Rice and Amadou Nana, And 68% is Yves Bissouma. So I'm not sure how these percentage sco- scores are mm. calculated, but Conor Gall- Gallagher ranks second, only behind Rodri. So, which goes to show that he's had a fantastic start to the season. Um, Poch seems to be a big fan of him. I think maybe he came out in preseason and said, you know, he's more my player. Um, I'm, I'm, Gallagher said I'm running a lot on them. Um, Poch, you know, I've got the manager's trust as well. Um, so I'm not really sure why we should look to sell him. I think, on the contrary, we should maybe reward him with a new contract. He is potentially a sellable asset in that way. Um, there's a lot of clubs that are interested and we could maybe get a, at least, you think, 35 to 40 million for him. Um, potentially, I'm not sure what the level of his contract means he's only got six months left, so that might contribute yeah. to it being slightly less. Um, but I think before looking to sell Gallagher, there's other players that you could potentially look at to sell, the likes of Mattson, Chalabur, potentially even Broja, if we're looking to get a new number nine in, mm. in January. So yeah, um a difficult one. But um if I'm completely honest, I'd rather we keep him. And I think we should um almost build our midfield around a player like him, on the contrary.
0: Yeah, I, I think I mean I agree with that 100 percent I think there's there's some truth to that. I, I still stand by the fact that I don't think he's the level that we need to to go forward. But if we're talking currently, I mean we we you know, I keep saying all the time that we we play like a mid-table team, we act like a mid-table team. <laughs> we are a mid-table team. So I think if we're talking about where we are currently at the moment, Conor Gallagher is probably one of those players that you do want in the squad, you do need in a squad, um, that's going to be able to do a lot of that work. Very similar to what you just said about N'Golo Kante, you know, driving the ball into the box and, and, and the energy that he gives as well. Um, I think he's definitely someone that we need to, or we should be looking to retain whilst we're going through this transitional period. Is he the final product, the final answer? I don't think he is, but I still think he has a role to play at the club, whether that's a rotational basis or... Um, I mean, he's even proven that he doesn't need to be rotational. You know, he's, you know, he's one of those plays that we do miss currently when he's not in the team. So, um, there is that. That's that's a massive factor. I do, I do think the, the, the contractual side of things has probably had a massive issue. Maybe with resolving, you know, the fact that he's coming to an end of his current contract. I think he's only on about fifty or sixty thousand a week at the moment. So, if you're looking at the likes of, you know, Reece James, who I think is on over three hundred thousand, Raheem Sterling, who's on that sort of you know, figure is similar to that as well. I did read the other day that, um, Chelsea is a club are trying to cap the wage bill to 150,000 weekly. So, you know, if you're talking about that, when you can go to Spurs or you could go to, I don't know, another club somewhere else and they can give you slightly more or even, you know, double, triple what you're currently getting at the moment. It is probably a bit more, um, you know, lucrative to go there to get that, you know, to secure a bit more money for yourself and also play, regular football as much as he is still at Chelsea at the moment anyway. So, um, I, look, I mean, I think he's going to go. I think the fact that Poticino come out and said that he wants him to stay, he's part of his squad, has almost fell on deaf ears with the owners and for the club, you know, higher up. They don't seem to listen to Poticino, which is a worry. And he was asked that, I think, in one of his press conferences. Um, you know, it's not up to me. It's up to the club and the player, how this materializes now. Do you feel that there's a lack of disrespect or lack of, yeah, lack of disrespect, I suppose, from the top to Potichino in terms of, you know, he's clearly come out. He said, like you said, you know, preseason, he said, you know, I want this player, I want him to stay here. Um, it seems like the owners, you know, pushing that to one side or turning a blind eye to it and almost just doing what they want to do anyway. Did, do you feel that's a, the the sort of message that you're getting from the owners?
1: Yeah, in some some sense it is. I think it, it happened like we saw Tuchel and that contributed to him getting the sack or or leaving probably a fallout with the ownership. I highly doubt all those players we signed in January 2023 were players that Graham Potter wanted. Um, so it seems to be that these the ownership kind of take control in the windows and sell or buy the players that they think is best for the club or what they think is probably more of a business rather than a football club. Um, so I wouldn't be surprised if when they look at Gallagher, they they see him, they'd see they see that they could get money out of him. Mm. They potentially could see that he's, if he was to sign a contract, he'd also be on a lot more money than he currently is in terms of his weekly wages. Like you said, they want to cap it at 150K uh, a week. Um, so I think he is a sellable asset in that way. And given that they kind of see the club as a business, they want to probably sell him, um, which probably will infuriate and frustrate Pochettino, who sees him as the captain, who sees him as a player that, you know, he wants to build his midfield around. Um, there's still question marks and if Gallagher will retain his spot in the midfield once Lavia is fit again. Um a player that we've invested a lot of money to get and we've, we've given a big contract to and is meant to be a very exciting, promising young prospect. Um but yeah, I think um it seems like should things carry on like this, and put po- back Pochettino's come out and said, I want to keep him, he's a player I trust. And then if the manager's is then sell him, you know, that, that that will sit well with Chelsea fans, with Pochettino, with Pochettino's um team as well his uh is his, his, the other coaches and probably with other chelsea players as well they're, they're yeah. learning from gallio that he's the captain he's the one probably giving the te- half-time team talks um so yes yeah, it's, it's gonna, not going to sit well at all um whether it happened in january or in the summer i'm not sure but like i said i think we should reward him for his hard work and give him a new contract and there's other players out there in the club um on loan potentially or in even um uh currently in the in the squad that we could sell before looking at to sell Gallagher.
0: Yeah, and I agree with that. I think, you know, he's someone that is definitely, sounds, sounds strange saying this, but he's clearly one of the older, maybe more experienced players in the dressing room. So you are right. There's going to be players that have come through, you know, this season, back in the last season that are probably looking up to Conor Gallagher and seeing how far he's come through the ranks at Cobham and he's now captain of a, a club like Chelsea. To see him go through those stages of his career, to see where he is at such a young age still as well, um, you know players will look up to that players older than Gallagher are probably still having the respect that they have for, for Conor Gallagher as well so I, I mean I look I stand on it I don't think he's the end result for us you right. know I don't think come the end you know if you want to be competing for Champions Leagues and Premier Leagues he is the answer I don't think that but I think where we are currently at the moment he's so pivotal to that he's so key and crucial to how we're trying to build a team at the moment and if we do get rid of him you know there's no guarantee Lavia comes in or you know someone else comes in and does that job just as much as Conor Gallagher is doing at the moment so that is a worry for me um, now if he was in bad form or he was in and out of the team I'd understand but the fact that Pochettino has probably used him more so than any other manager has I think whilst I've been at Chelsea tells you that he's clearly in the manager's plans so it's alarming for me that the, there's a massive disconnect between owner and obviously the, you know, the Paul and Stanley's and everyone else underneath the ownership um, of Clear Lake and Maurizio potuccino, That's a worry because if we're not on, you know, if our visions aren't aligned, I say we, but potuccino and the, the, the club aren't aligned, you know, we're going back to Thomas Tuchel, we're going back to Graham Potter, we're going back to Jose Mourinho almost, you know, where they want one thing, the ownership want another thing, and it just never works. And ultimately, the manager goes because the, you know the owners are there, so that does worry me. Um, you know, it's been talk about Medweki again. Obviously, he might leave. You mentioned uh, Chalabar, bro, who could be on that list as well. So there are players that we can get rid of. A thing.
1: Lukaku as well.
0: Lukaku, we forget about him, but you know, I think for me the, the ultimate thing with Conor Gallagher is I think like you you said earlier, you know, it's it's, it's full profit. You know, he's if we sell him you know we know we're going to get the profit from him and that's obviously going to help balance out those books um to to comply with ffp as well so there's a lot to consider in there as well um it'd be interesting to see how that pans out again i know it's mixed uh you know reviews from the fans as well online so it'd be interesting but let us know your comments in in the section below about what you think about conor gallagher should he stay or should he go um lewis hall another one very quickly let's talk about lewis hall who um currently on loan at Newcastle at the moment, there's been a lot of talk this week about Lewis Hall, whether his obligation to buy from Newcastle's perspective is actually an obligation to buy. I think there was a it was a thing on social media that he deleted his goodbye Chelsea message or something along those lines at the weekend. Um, reading into it, I think Ben Jacobs and um, a couple of other journalists have come out since then and said basically that it is 999 certain that Lewis Hall will sign for Newcastle at the end of the season on a permanent um, it isn't appearance based in terms of the contractual obligation. It's more of a um, where a performance, uh, team performance obligation. So Newcastle basically, I think, have to finish above Chelsea, which isn't hard, um, for in order for for Lewis Hall to sign. So do you think that's a a thing that we kind of shot ourselves in the foot with? Because realistically, we could actually do with Lewis Hall in that team right now.
1: Yeah, in hindsight, when you look at the summer transfer business, we decided to keep Ben Chilwell, who's injury-prone. Um, Mark Corella, who's been played out of position at times at, at right-back. And when he has played at left-back, he's looked a bit shaky or inconsistent. And then we've decided to keep Ian Mattson, who's hardly had uh, any game time whatsoever and is now being linked with uh, an exit in January. So I think Lewis Hall would have walked right into this team and the kind of cameo appearances he had toward the back end of last year's season. He probably was really probably one of our best players. Um, I know that maybe he pushed for the move in the summer, given he was a boyhood Newcastle fan, and maybe Eddie Howe sold him the project. Um, but before then, there was also talk of a loan to Crystal Palace, which I don't think would have included such a, a buyback clause uh, or a, a, a buyback option. Um, but yeah, I feel like I'm still under the impression that it will be made permanent in the summer. I think Newcastle will decide to keep him, and I think probably a fee was already agreed in the, in the summer. But it's just still a massive kick in the teeth for Chelsea fans when you look at Newcastle's two backs being Lewis Hall and Tino Libermento, both performing, both um, did had some really good games I think, against PSG and in the Champions League. Um, sure, they're out of the Europe now, but they've still really excelled. And then meanwhile, we've got Chelsea We're playing centre-backs in full-back positions that are struggling um, as well. So it's... It's frustrating. I mean, if we were to get him in, in back in the summer, it would be like a completely new signing. And I think it would spell question marks over Cucurella's future, or maybe whether Ben Chilwell um, kind of comes back into the team and regains his place straight away. Um, but again, Ben Shiwell, another one we spoke at length about Rhys James. Chilwell is a very in a very similar position with his injury record. Um, but I'd love to have him back. Um, I think I've always been impressed by him, of his play that I've always respected, given that he just gets the job done. There's no kind of drama of him off the pitch no um, silly tattoos haircuts and nothing like this uh, I, I I like that type of player um but I think I mean the truth is that I think he will stay at Newcastle and he it will be made permanent in the summer you
0: no know, it's looking very likely i think um I mean just looking back and thinking about some of the plays that we've lost on on stupid you know ridiculous uh you know transfers over the last decade or so and you just think back and look at how many of them have actually gone on to either progress even better than we expected them to or they've gone on and won things you know with other clubs um so it's a, it's a worry i think you know looking back we should definitely maybe just had that loan with the, without the obligation um you know the mandatory fee i don't think we should have had that in there i think maybe we should have had just a loan deal and assess things in the summer and like you said, maybe Lewis Hall, you know, being a Newcastle fan, his family, I think are, are Newcastle fans as well. Maybe, you know, the move was just too good to give up. You know, you do you get the opportunity to play for the club that you support again? Probably not. So, um, you, you know, you can't fault Lewis Hall for that at all. But I think from a selfish perspective, from us, from from Chelsea, you know, like you said, you know, uh, Kukareo had a position, Chilwell's injured. You know, we lost Aspilicueta, who could play those, you know, left or right, you know, and he's someone that was was very crucial at times in, in, the, in the squad, albeit, you know, his legs had gone by the end. But yeah, I mean, Lewis Hall for me is someone that will go on to to be, you know, I put him in the same category as, you know, Rico Lewis for Man City. He's one of those plays you can just see there's a lot of potential there. So it'll be interesting to see how that plans out. Um, I'd be very surprised he ends back up at Chelsea, though. Yeah. I, I don't see it.
1: why would he want to come back to Chelsea as well?
0: (laughs) That was what I was getting to, sort of. Just didn't want to say in those words. But let's move on quickly to the Club World Cup with the announcement from FIFA um, that there'll be a 32-team Club World Cup from 2025 that will include Chelsea and Man City. Liverpool and Man United will miss out on the, the new format of the Club World Cup. So this will be played, I think, from sometime in June. Is it June? We got that well. Yeah, 15th of June to the 13th yeah. of July. So it's a massive, it's almost it, I think you said it to me, it's almost a pre-season. Um, this is what clubs are gonna have to treat it like. So it kind of has I think it's got the 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 format basically will be um so yeah, it'll be the Champions League winners during the four year qualifying cycle. They will qualify automatically, so that means obviously from the last couple of um, Champions Leagues, Chelsea, Real Madrid, and Man City have already booked their spaces for the the one that will be played in July, uh, from in June and July in USA. Um, there's a lot. I mean, there's a lot of prize money to uh, up at stake as well. But what's your what's your thoughts on this? Is it is it more just a, a money making thing from FIFA? They want more money to be generated. They want to get the you know the, the footballing world. To, to pay more to see things and, and all the rest of it or is it just an opportunity for clubs to try and win more trophies?
1: I think it's a glorified pre-season with a prestigious bit of silverware at the end of it. Um, probably more than these um, Audi Cups or yeah. uh, Emirates Cups I usually get in pre-season up in, in Singapore or the US. Um, that being said, I think it will be entertaining. I think neutrals um, or non-kind of fans that would typically watch these tournaments will watch it because to be honest, no one's going to watch Fluminense against Man City in the next couple of days or whichever game. Um, I was going to watch Italian. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, depending on what time of day it is, I maybe I'll, I'll keep track of the score. But I just just know for fact, City City will probably watch it when we won the Club World Cup um, yeah. against Palmeiras. Um, I think I was I was buzzing, obviously, but no one else really cared. And people just said it's a it's a Mickey Mouse trophy or whatever. But yeah. when you look at the quality of the teams in this, so. Um, Clubs that are confirmed via the UCL pathway, City, Madrid, Chelsea. Um, then bio the ranking, by Munich, PSG, Inter Milan, Benfica, Porto. Then there's four more clubs to be confirmed in Europe. There's some big clubs. Oh, yeah. Really, yeah. Really, really big clubs. Yep. Yeah. And obviously, it's going to be tough for the players because their season will probably wrap up end of May. They'll probably get a week break and then back to training to train for this in the US. Um, and then it will finish, depending on if you qualify a group or how the format works, Probably beginning of July, mid-July, yeah. then you think they'd be given a bit more time to rest, to go on holiday to their Meknos, to their Dubai's, wherever they go. And then it's back to pre-season, start training for the league, um, mm-hmm. end of July time. It's going to be tough. It's going to be a draining summer, a really um, busy summer. But I think it's exciting. I know it's going to generate a lot of FIFA. And like I mentioned, it's from those teams whether you're a fan of those teams or not a fan, you'll probably keep an eye on those scores and pay attention to the tournament. Um, So yeah, it's going to be a bit more of a spectacle, but one that I'll probably watch this time.
0: Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, you're definitely right. I think unless your team previously has been in the Club World Cup, you don't really necessarily, you you might watch the final, you know, if it's Liverpool or City, you know, I think, um, did I watch the last one? I think, I don't think I did, but you know, when it was Chelsea, obviously, you know, we were there. We were all there watching it. We all wanted to to win it. We all we was all invested because our our club, our team was in there. And I, I I do get, I agree with you. You know, I do get that they they FIFA are trying to obviously get more people involved in the Club World Cup, which is fair enough. I I just my worry is that we we already talk about too many games already in the season. I think there's I think I read that there's going to be a delay to the new season in the the sort of twenty five twenty-six season. I think it will be will be pushed back by a month um to allow for this to happen. So it already has an almost a knock-on effect. We'll then have a knock-on effect at the Christmas period again, which will then have a knock-on effect with the later part of the season as well. And we also have international tournaments coming up in between that as well. We, we have to remember I'm trying to think when the next World Cup will be. It was last year, so my maths is really rubbish. So 28
1: to, I'm uh 23. 26, exactly. So in the US, actually. So it's probably a warm up for yeah. yeah.
0: So it's kind of just a lot of football. Thinking those next two years from, you know, 24 to 26, there's a lot of football to be played. Um, and we're already seeing crazy LCA, LCL, ACL. ACL. Can't get my acronyms right. Yeah. We've seen a lot of those at the moment happening up and down. I think there was one for Real Madrid only at the weekend again as well. So, that is a worry for me, but I suppose you would plan ahead and make sure you've got the squad depth to deal with that. Hopefully we do. Um, some of these potentials might be very ready to to start for us. So I'm looking I'm looking forward to it, I think is what I'm saying. I'm looking mm. forward to it.
1: Yeah, and we all will watch it. Um, it's going to be interesting. You know, you could get some big ties, you could get like an Al service versus a Chelsea, um, something like that. I think there's a few things that maybe the Football Association could do to work on helping the players, mm. potentially scrapping the Carabao Cup. I know we're about to preview the Carabao Cup final now, but I think it's an option. Or you yeah. do something like in the Olympics, you can only play three senior players in the Carabao Cup alongside the youngsters. Yeah. I think that could be a good option because um, it's a, kind of a tournament that could really foster some youth, develop them, but still have that bit of senior figures or leadership alongside them. Um, yeah. That's something I'd be all in favour for. Like you said, if it's pushing things back by a month, that means that you're going to have to catch up on all these games throughout yeah. Christmas. January, February, and then you've got the World Cup the following summer. Yeah. So I'm sure FIFA have planned this, but it still seems like it's going to be a very busy 2025 and 2026 calendar years.
0: Mm, yeah, that that shout's really good around. Um, it's almost like the Papa John's trophy, isn't it? Where I think we, we use our development squads, or the most majority of Premier League uh, teams use their development squads to go and play, I don't know, Cruel Alexander or Swindon, whoever it is. And I think that would work. Maybe combine the two, maybe have a Papa John's Carabao Cup trophy and do it somewhere like that. But I think something's going to have to give, you know, um, you know, we've seen you know, obviously um, Tom Lockyer as well, you know, for Luton, another, another, what look like another cardiac arrest at the weekend. So there's loads of things just happening. I think with have and, and players are being pushed through and put through a lot more. Um, you know, you know, their bodies can only take so much. So, We'll have to see how that pans out, but I am looking forward yeah. to the Club World Cup.
1: Yeah, Papa John's and Carabao, those two together will cause a lot more cardiac arrests. I
0: think <laughs> <laughs> very, very true. Actually, very true. It's probably not the two best um, sponsors you want for a, a sport, do you? But who am I to say anything? Um, let's move over to the Carabao Cup. Um, I mean, is, is it's still called the Carabao it's EFL EFL Cup.
1: I think it's, he um, it always changes. I think it's still the Carabao for the time being. Um, oh, I hope so, because that's what's on our images yeah. for, for the match day yeah, for today.
0: Um, right, let's let's talk about, because obviously, I mean, I, lo- I looked at this this morning and we are actually, should West Ham, I think they've got Liverpool, I think that's tomorrow night. Now, should West Ham do us a massive favour and beat Liverpool, we are in the perfect position to get some silverware this season. We really are. It would only if we can beat Newcastle. It leaves another. The other ties is Everton and Fulham. Although Everton, yeah. okay, you know they're looking very good, <laughs> um, and Fulham to be fair. But Port Vale, Middlesbrough, is the other tie as well um, amongst our tie against Newcastle. Um, now, I honestly, honestly think Jurgen Klopp. I don't know why I'm already thinking about the final getting there already because we've got to beat Newcastle first, but. I'm already thinking if we can beat Newcastle, we can beat whoever we get in the semis. If we can avoid Liverpool and Liverpool get knocked out, this is our perfect chance to redeem something of this terrible season, part two of the last season. Um, What's your thoughts going into this game? I think Potticino was asked yesterday, is this the most important game of his career, his Chelsea career? Um, He didn't really answer it, but I would probably say yes, it is. What's your thoughts?
1: Yeah, I had a little rummage through Twitter and Instagram this morning and looked at what Chelsea's other Chelsea fans were feeling ahead of kickoff, And a lot of them were echoing that kind of question or saying, it is the most important game of our season. It's probably our only chance to get some silverware. It's probably Pochettino's only chance maybe to salvage something from this season and almost save his job. If the things were to go downhill um, January onwards or further downhill than they already have, he would only be able to say, oh, I'm in the Carabao Cup final. I'm I'm got a chance to win trophy, or I'm going to win tr- silverware. We saw Mourinho um say that is one of his biggest frustrations or regrets that Tottenham was being sacked a week before the Carabao Cup final. Yeah. So it's a trophy and a bit of silverware that managers do take seriously. And like you just said, the teams out there in the quarterfinals: Everton, Fulham, Port Vale, Middlesbrough, West Ham, Liverpool. On paper, we just play our football. We play the best of our abilities. We can beat any of those sides. Liverpool two seasons ago, we played them twice in cup finals. True you can argue we were the better team in both those cup finals and we were very unlucky to lose on penalties. So we do have what it takes to kind of go right to the wire and compete with these teams. Um, that being said, it's going to be very tough at Newcastle. I'm pleased it's at home because I feel at like St. James's Park it'd be a whole different game and I wouldn't give us any chance. Um, but it's really a question now of 90 minutes or potentially 90 minutes and penalties of just giving it our all, mm. treating it like we would treat maybe a it's league final, perhaps. and Because um, that's, Mid what well, mid table team now we need to kind of compete for it's what it is it's gonna it's our, it's our equivalent of a Champions League quarter final, um, Newcastle will want to win it as well. Mm. I think what's great about any how it seems that like any trophy or ever any competition they're in they take it seriously. So expecting a tough game. Um, they've had their injuries. Um, I would really hope we would have learned from mistakes against them in the back the fixture a couple of weeks ago where we lost four one, and we redeem ourselves. And, like I say, every time there's a big game at Stanford Bridge, the crowd are going to need to play their part. Yeah. They really have to play their part. We spoke just before, kind of how Stanford Bridge sections of the stadium, it's very dire, it's very lackluster. It's kind of people who are just there to kind of tick their ticker box in their London bucket list of seeing a Premier League game. Mm. What is this game now? I know it's Carabao Cup tickets might be more accessible midweek, they're cheaper, but we need to play our part. We really do need to play their part. I'll be there, I'll still be sat there, and I'll be really cheering the boys on. Um, it's an important game. And if we win this, we're one more game after that, away from a, a trip to Wembley back in in February. And that's what all Chelsea fans live for, in a way. So yeah, really looking forward to it.
0: Yeah, I I, I think this is the most important ratio potuccino match he's ever gonna have currently as Chelsea manager. Um even in his England managerial career to be. I don't think he's won a trophy at Southampton or Spurs, did he? So you know, I think this is... Champ- his,
1: Champions League final at Tottenham. it, <laughs> <laughs> <Boulder>, Spursy. Um,
0: <laughs> uh, but I think if you can get some silverware, I think, you know, not to say, because he kept being called an elite manager in the press conference yesterday, and I'm, I'm not saying that he's not an elite manager, but to manage, you know, three times in England and not win anything, I think you have to win something surely in England as well to, you know, deem yourself an elite manager. So, uh, you know, for me, this is the most perfect opportunity for, for, for Potocino. And, and I know we've got Wolves, you know, on the 24th, but this is for me, the, the time when you can't really swap and change this squad now. Um, you know, there's been some really convincing moments in games, the last couple of games that we've watched and there's been some really poor parts, but the parts that we, you know, take away the good from the bad, you, you know, you don't want to start disrupting it and playing, bringing in certain players and taking them back out. And you've got to keep the structure of the team as it is I think in my opinion but like you said Newcastle's going to be up for this you know they've got injuries just like we have but they seem to churn out the results still and I think that's what's worrying I know they've dipped in and out in the Premier League but like you said you know tournament football and I always say this it's just who wants it more on the night who wants it more in 90 minutes who wants it more if it goes into extra time or I think goes straight to penalties now but who wants it more in the penalty shootout you know who's, who's confident to step up and take the penalties so I, I'm <laughs> I am nervous, but I'm also optimistic in this game. I, I feel that. I think stamp, being at Stamford Bridge will help us massively. I think um, I agree with you. You know, the fans that are going yourself and everyone else need to be as loud and as vocal as possible because, and 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 in in the right way as well. When I say that, I don't mean you know boo the players off. I don't mean you know, shout abuse at them. I'm, you know, just just be the twelfth man on the pitch. I think or twelfth woman on the pitch as well. Um, Let's let's move over to your predicted lineup. Let's let's see who you would go with. I've just looked at a predicted lineup um here, um from one of the apps that I use and it's worrying. I'll tell you what it is afterwards, but I'm I'm hoping you won't be able to see it, but everyone else on the screen currently as we're recording this will. So this is where your memory's gotta be spot on and you've got to remember who you picked and where you've put them. So it aligns with the image. So I've moved over now um to where you've got your team. Um let's start with the goalkeeper and then go from right back and onwards from there.
1: Yeah, no real surprises of the goalkeeper, um, George A. Petrovic. Um, had a relatively easy first appearance against Sheffield. I think he only had made one save from a free kick, but other than that, it was quite a comfortable afternoon for him. Uh, I, I think we're both quite excited to see what he can offer during this um, period where Sanchez might be injured for well, now for six, seven weeks. Yeah, So he really needs to step up and show what he's worth and potentially, like we mentioned in the previous pod, be our number one um, going forward with the question marks still over Sanchez's future. Um, centre-backs, I've gone with Benji Shile and Levi Colwell. Um, I think they're both two left-footed centre-backs, which could be an interesting pairing, but um, I think it's the type of game where we might be might be worth resting Silva, keeping him for the Wolves game on Christmas Eve, and kind of going with this more young um, defensive partnership that might be our kind of go-to duo going forward in the coming seasons. Um left back, I've gone with Ian Matson. Uh I don't think he started a game since maybe one of the other Carabao Cup games against Wimbledon, uh Brighton or even um Blackburn. I'm not sure he started the Blackburn one. Um but again I think title game we've got to play your full backs in their natural positions. So I've gone with Matson at left back and Malagusto at right back. He's back in training. He's back in the match day squads. He came on I believe even um for I think two or three minutes against Sheffield. So I think um, type of maybe um, sign that he could start this one and type of game where you need your backs. You need um, type two agile, quick fullbacks that can bomb up the pitch, offer service to those more attacking players. And that's why maybe you'd rather not have the De and the Caldwells at fullbacks, but have your two more natural ones. Mm. Midfield, going to have Casado, Enzo. Uh, mainly due to the lack of options we have in midfield with Chuku, Lavia injured. Um Captain uh, Gallagher as the number 10 with Palmer Sterling as the wingers and Armando Brozier, who again didn't have the best game against Everton, but I want to bring him back in the team and see what he can do. That being said, I feel like Potch will still go with Jackson. Yeah.
0: I I, I mean, we, we haven't did we speak about the miss? I don't remember speaking about the miss that Brojo, the, the Brozier miss on um
1: Yeah, it, it, it I feel like it would be blown up more had we been drawing or losing, yeah, yeah. but it kind of went under the radar because <laughs> we were winning. Uh, but
0: yeah. I, I, I mean, look, I, I, out the two, I'm still sp- sticking with Armando Broyo to 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 be my number nine. Uh, I think, um, and I like your lineup. I do. Um, it makes complete sense. I, my my worry with Cowell and Badiashii, not that the fact that they're both left footed uh, centre backs, I just feel that Badiashii looks so more comfortable with Thiago Silva next to him and. I, you know, I'm going back on my own words by saying that, you know, we have to rest him. But I do think these are the games that we should be playing Thiago Silva. Um, I've gone slightly different with my lineup. Um, the only difference, I think, is Thiago Silva and Baddy Achille are my centre-backs. I've still gone with Ian Matson at left-back. Obviously, Petrovic is in goal. Uh, Gusto is right-back. The two midfield, everything else is the same going forward. The midfield and the the attackers... Um, are exactly the same as what you've you've gone for as well. I, I do get the sense though that we will see Mudrick in this team, and we possibly will see. Uh, I think we'll see Mudrick and I, I'm half convinced we're going to see Ian Matson probably play some role up higher up the pitch as a as a more attacking role rather than the left back. I think we'll see Dzazzy and maybe Colwell at left back, Dzazzy right back this is what I'm just thinking Pottuccino might do. Uh, this is why I said at the very start of this part of the, the, the podcast, don't switch things up too much because I don't think Newcastle will do that. I think they'll stick to what they know, what will get them through the game. Um, but I think we'll see Nicholas Jackson as well. Uh, I do. Uh, I, I think he'll switch it back to Nicholas Jackson. who probably proved that he gave Brozier the chance to, you know, to, to play a role and didn't really take it. And I think he'll stick with Jackson, who, to be fair, I think is it seven? seven goals this season maybe a couple of assists I mean take away the hat trick but in terms of the goals that he scored in the Premier League I think people will say that he's got a relatively good record so far in the the Premier League why not start him
1: yeah some of those goals though you'd hope but you're you're fortunate he scored but it's, it's just I don't want to get Sheffield in. as well <laughs> the tapping. but you, you take it sometimes you just want someone to be there in the right place and tap it in yeah um, no but I would agree I think um we might see Mason more in an advanced position higher up the pitch could be the De and Colewell at mm. as the full backs potentially um Newcastle might not change they can't really afford the change given their injuries as well and it could also be an opportunity for Chelsea finally to bring Nkuku back into the team off the bench. Yeah. Um, Pochettino's hinted at it in um, his press conference yesterday. Uh, I think we could see him for at least 20 minutes, you'd think. Mm. Um, don't really know why he didn't play against, or at least come on against, um, against uh, Sheffield. You think we were in a winning position, bringing him on for the final 10. On the contrary, if he we were in a winning position, bringing him on so he can try to get us a goal. So it, it kind of felt like a evil situation. He would have played, but he didn't. Whereas Medwicki, um is back in the, the um, match day squads and back in training. So, another player that could feature and another player with a lot of question marks about his Chelsea future. Um, yeah. So, he's wanting to take the chances now ahead of Christmas and ahead of January to be able to prove to the manager that he's still got a future at the club.
0: Yeah, yeah. It's interesting because um, I think we said before about Nkuku, before the, the Sheffield United game, that we would give him at least, you know, half an hour, 20 minutes. And I was surprised as you to see him not come on. I think 2-0 up, maybe give him even 10 minutes, just give him a run out. You know, I think a lot of the fans before kickoff was expecting to at least see him, you know, get a small cameo just to just to give a bit, maybe Stamford Bridge a bit of a lift as well. Um, but I do want to see him. I think Potocino, what he said yesterday, especially going back to the Sheffield game, was the game was already won. He didn't want to, re- I think he said he had 1% doubt in his head and he said if I've got one percent I I won't risk him which is fair enough he's come back from a big injury but I think at some point you're going to have to take that risk anyway so if it's not the Sheffield game it's going to have to be the Newcastle game tonight if it's not tonight you're going to have to do it on the 24th against Wolves There's going to have to be some point where you're going to have to just you know risk and reward you're going to have to see which one's the the better option so um, I, I want to see him feature tonight I don't want to see Madweki start, but I do think he'll, obviously he'll he'll make the bench. I I think he's got a lot of, I remember what I think I said to you in the summer, I think he's one of those players that is really good until the final pass, that final third, that moment of getting the ball into the box to an attacker. He he hasn't developed that. So I I wouldn't be against another, this won't happen, but I wouldn't be against a low move for him. But again, David Ornstein's already come out and said that won't happen. Chelsea have come out and said that he won't, he'll either be sold or or he'll stay. Um, but going back to tonight's game, I think, you know, we have to stick with a solid squad, which we've both gone for. Um, it'd be interesting if he does start Matson because uh, again, the play that's out on the way out, um, obviously he, I'd assume he'll start Conor Gallagher as well, but I do think Petrovic has to have a really good game. Um, Callum Wilson, I think will probably be their striker for Newcastle. I think Isak's injured. So I think it'd be Callum Wilson. Obviously Anthony Gordon is another one that can cause a threat in in, in and around the goal. So. Um, Prediction time. Let's 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 go for our predictions.
1: It's a tough one. I said, there, um if what should we get to the semis, is that still two legs or is it now one leg?
0: Oh, it's a good question. I think it's one. I'm I'm not hundred percent sure.
1: I know they've changed it recently, and I also know I think VAR only comes in place. In the semis, I think. Yeah, yeah. So it's not;
0: it won't be available tonight. But I think semifinals, it is. I
1: think. Yeah, you just know there's going to be a bit of VAR controversy or non-VAR controversy, perhaps if there's like a disallowed goal or a offside that should have been off, shouldn't have been an offside. But I'm going to be quite optimistic. Uh, I'm going to say two-one, Chelsea. Uh, I think, like I mentioned, and you mentioned, the fans need to be play their part, play be the twelfth man or woman, and really spur the team on. Um, so I think if the fans do that. I think we'll be able to get the two goals yeah. and just about beat Newcastle at Stanford Bridge. Yeah.
0: I, I, I think we're going to get a massive score. I, I don't know why I said this to someone last night. I think it's going to be like 3-2. Very similar. to I, I don't know if you, anyone got to see it, but the the, the leicester Birmingham city game last night, very end-to-end. In the end, anyway, it was very end-to-end, uh, mainly in the second half. I feel we're going to get something similar tonight. I, I really do. I feel that both teams will want this. You know, Eddie Howe, as much as, you know, he's done so much and got Newcastle back into the Champions League, he is starting to, to probably feel a bit of that pressure, you know, being kicked out of the Champions League, or well, knocked out of the Champions League. They haven't really had the best of run in the, in the league as well. You know, they, they're going to want some sort of silverware at some point, and it was so close last season. So I think they'll, they'll want that. But I think for some weird reason, we tend to turn up certain points in our season. And I feel that this will be one of them. And I think we'll, I think we'll, I think it'll be 3 2. I think we'll, we'll, we'll get the win, but it'll, it'll be hard. I think it'll be a hard, tough battle between two teams that are, are, are desperate to get some silverware.
1: Yeah. And we've often done well against the big teams at Stanford Bridge this season, putting mm. uh, a good shift in performance. And Newcastle nowadays are a big team. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So hoping for the same kind of performances we played um, against, the, against Tottenham, against um, Liverpool. A City the 4-4 draw and as well against Arsenal for a large majority of the game we look like the better team so um, if we kind of replicate the performances I'm confident we can get some goals and hopefully uh, take it to penalties or win the game in 90 minutes
0: yeah. fingers crossed fingers crossed let us know your thoughts in the comments let us know your thoughts online if you hit up our uh, link tree link in the description that will take you to the social accounts as well um, yeah I mean we, we need the, we need the points, uh, points we need the, the trophy um we could do some points as well if anyone's got any spare but um yeah i think we we, we definitely need to to go out of there with the, the the mindset that we can win the game i think if we what i don't want to see is us go one nil down or even two nil down and our heads drop the crowd will suddenly become quiet there'll be a bit of tension um mm-hmm. substitution's going to be key in this game as well we have to time those correctly just in case i don't think there is extra time but i think we you know i'm hoping we you know, we haven't really got many, we haven't spoken about penalty takers, but we haven't really got yeah. many penalty takers. Maybe Cole Palmer, maybe Raheem Sterling. Um, Enzo, Enzo. Perhaps.
1: But you think one of those, those three players might get subbed off exactly. in 90 minutes. So.
0: Exactly. So my thing is, I think if we're going to, you know, if the game's got to play out to at least 70, 75, maybe 80 minutes, depending on how the scoreline is. But if it's, if it's, you know, two one to Chelsea. You know, I, I don't want to see any of those players go off. However, however tired they are, I want them because they are, I suppose, our top three penalty takers. I think we'd have to say. I, I can't really think of anyone else in the team. Maybe Gallagher. I don't think I've ever seen him take a penalty. But I think
1: still, Silver took one against Liverpool. I think in their League Cup final and scored it. But mm, again, you wouldn't really. You probably have him fifth or sixth in the packing order. running up towards the penalty <laughs> spot. Or but
0: yeah, I think we we just need to be. I have the mindset of winning the game in 90 minutes and not relying on penalties, which is what I'm trying to say, I think is let's not get to penalties and start panicking about who's taking it. And, you know, we send up, I don't know, Malo Gusto or or Ian Mattson, someone who I don't think I've ever seen take a penalty before, but fingers crossed anyway, fingers crossed.
1: Yeah, fingers crossed.
0: Okay, last episode 109 out of the way. Hopefully we, we progress into the next round. Um, Theo, as always, Thank you very much. Enjoy the match. Um, Cold, cold night in Stamford Bridge, I'm sure. But um, yeah, kickoffs at eight o'clock. So let's hope by the time we record the next episode, we're actually talking about the next um, semi-final that we're potentially going to be and one step away from Wembley, which is the ultimate goal this season for us. Um, As always, make sure you share Subscribe to the, the channel, like the video. Um, and as I said, link tree link in the description that will take you to the social accounts. Until next time, thank you very much, and we'll be back soon.